This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cag Appears. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Hello, hello, everybody out there. This is Matt coming at you from the final cast with special guest Sean from Bass Fish with Noobs. How you doing, Sean? Good, man. How about you? Oh, man, Thanks. I'm living the dream. I got off a little, a little early today, got into a nice 17-inch smallmouth and some ripples on the jerk bait, my favorite bait of all time. And it was nice. awesome until, until I lost the bait, which, you know, it's just a Vision 110, so it's fine. It's not <laughs> like it was expensive or anything. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, man, it's like the one bait that I just it hurts more than anything to lose because a I can't find them anywhere, especially the juniors, unless the I drive juniors, an hour and a half. Say, yeah, yeah, dude, they're like I can't find them, and they're perfect for smallies. But of course, the one stupid tree that I couldn't see because it only goes down like two foot. Mm-hmm. But of course, it was right there, and it was just far enough because I was bank fishing. That I couldn't go in there, and I just saw a moccasin go underneath the wood piles there, so I wasn't going to try it. So yeah, it's just with the fishes now. But, yeah, uh, it is what it is. It got me a fish. That was the first. I literally had that bait for a week. A week. It got me one fish. Gone. Uh, so 
whatever. Well, I have a couple but, of world minnows that I haven't even thrown yet, if that makes you feel any better. They're just expensive, <laughs> expensive sitting in my tackle box, you know? Yeah, well, dude, I've got I've got citizens that I was super pumped and I pre-ordered and every or not pre-ordered, but got the order and they're still in the package. Like yeah. they haven't even seen water yep. yet. That's how so, mine are. Yeah. Like like if I could if I can move the camera, if you see everything on this table right here, including the the reels that are sitting that don't have a home and I haven't <laughs> used them in like eight months. Like people would be upset, be like, Yeah, you have all this crap, you don't even use it. Yeah, I have a problem, everyone. We've discussed this and we understand <laughs> it. So, but Sean, how's everything been going for you? Yeah. Uh, going pretty good. Um, uh, I've had a busy week. I, I recorded with John Rapp just a little bit ago, um, a little bit on his show talking about fishing for river smallies on the Susquehanna. So that was fun. Uh, and the uh, promised land. Oh, yeah. The river promised land. It always make me, I say all the time to Brad. I'm like, every time you post something, I was like, it's not even fair. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, he's catching all these smallmouth. It's because he's on the Susky. Like, that's just <laughs> not fair. Like, yeah. I, why can't I live there? No. So, yeah, yeah. But but man, if it I'm makes so you feel any better, I'm jealous of you guys that you get to fish with other people. I'm like, I wish I had people that live closer to me, you know, because I fish by myself 90% of the time. There's a few people that I go out with, but uh, I'm always envious when I hear you guys talking about going out together. And so... Yeah, that is that is the plus about it. Uh, I don't know. One of us is bad luck because uh, <laughs> when we go out, we we just been catching nothing but dinks. So, but uh, Brad got finally got a good one on Saturday, so I can finally stop listening to him to complain about it. But uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Hopefully, we're going to the White River in Indiana this coming Thursday. So hopefully, we get some get some goodies. We'll see though. But. We've got a really good show. I know you were super pumped when I asked you to co-host with this for me. Um, we're bringing in a bait company that I've known about. You've been using them for a while, but I've known about and just started using about a month ago. And I can tell you, I am nothing but hooked for a lack of a better phrase that is too fishing related. And it's a pun, but I am. And that's Nico Bates. So we have Scott Barrett, which is the America North American market uh director and we have the creek crawler himself nico pro staff brian slanton gentlemen how we doing oh pretty good great. doing great man fun. welcome guys thank you good to be here all right so for the people at home we'll start with you scott let them know who you are you know things along those lines okay um so uh name's scott i grew up in uh virginia where I live now. Um, I actually grew up on a uh, prison farm. And uh, so I had access all right. to all of the probably about 3000 acres. So I spent my childhood hunting, fishing, trapping. Um, and uh, I did a lot of conservation work when I was young. too. Um, anyway, uh, after some school and some grad school, I ended up in Japan and spent 20 years there. And wow. uh, while I was in Japan, around 2010 i happened to be at a nanotechnology expo and i was as i was walking through i saw a booth of guys with fishing stuff and that was nico so i was a, you know you wouldn't think of associate nanotechnology with fishing um but there they were and if you've used their product you can tell it's a pretty good product and um you know nanotechnology yeah. was part of that in the early days and um, I, I saw what they were doing. I love, I, I love their whole mindset, their approach, what their their philosophy, 
um, high quality. Everything about them was just uh, really impressed me. So I, um, I started helping them a little bit on the side while I was in Japan, you know, trying to find them some worldwide customers and do a little bit of market research. Because at that time, they hadn't even released their first bait yet. And oh, wow. um, so they released their first bait in 2011. And um, it was right around in 2011 that the, if you guys remember that big giant earthquake and tsunami in Japan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I was in that. And um, that That's kind terrifying. of. Um, that was terrifying. Yeah, remember, yeah, that was, that was pretty scary. Um, I was in the Marine Corps at that point, and I had a buddy who was in Japan. And I emailed him. I was like, hey, man, sounds pretty terrifying over there. Don't die. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, he didn't, so it's okay. Yeah, it, it was um, it was quite scary. You know, we're in the second largest earthquake ever recorded. And um, to see skyscrapers just wobbling like you wouldn't believe. Oh, um, man. And, and me at the bottom of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, Where do you even uh, run at that point, you know? There's no way to go. You're surrounded by skyscrapers that are swaying. I mean, those skyscrapers are swaying probably at the tops, probably 100 feet. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, you could, see just... sky, you could literally see skyscrapers in the distance go like this, past each other. Oh, wow. Um, so um, oh. after all that turmoil... Um, I decided it was time to come back to the U.S. And um, so I brought my family back and uh, started working with Nico. And at the time, we had just released um, the very first products. Um, I really didn't have anything for the U.S. market, but I loved the product. And um, really struggled for a long ways, long time to find my way. Um, I, I was never, I had never worked in the fishing industry, and uh, uh, I thought it would, be, I thought it would be easier than it was. Um, it's a yeah, quite a challenging I can, industry. I can, to, I can know. definitely attest to that. As someone who's I've worked with a couple small companies that are no longer in business, uh, and after the first one, I told uh, the last guy who did hand hand painted crankbaits and other hard baits and then some plastics. I was like, this is the one of the hardest businesses ever to get in. And he'd always ask, well, why is that? I was like, two reasons. One, the market is saturated. B people have been using their same things that their grandpa's used and their dad's used. Right. And they're not very willing to change unless you can prove you have a better product. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I came back to the U S brought my family, started working, uh, trying to find ways to sell the baits. So and I was only working with what I had. And, uh, again, I, I could, you know, I could go on the Shenandoah river in Virginia and I would catch, tons of smallmouth on the shrimp, the tadpole, and the octopus, and probably more than I ever did growing up fishing that river. But people won't listen to you. They won't buy an octopus or a shrimp or a tadpole. Um, and so you really struggle with sales. And finally, you just, you know, even though they catch fish, people, you, you couldn't get that, you couldn't get people to try them. And um, that was a real struggle. And so we came up with the Helgramite. And um, oh, that... Um, good job. Yeah, that was <laughs> the Helgramite. Still, you know, is still what what puts us on the map, and uh, so we've developed a few baits since then, um, and we're slowly, you know, getting get along and and, and moving forward. Um, but it's been a tough. It's a, Nico's a small company, and it's um, although I do have you know I, I have some people that help me, but it's you know it's a it's a quite a lot is on my desk all the time. And um, 
Oh, I can, yeah, I it, can it's imagine. A, it's a slow, it's a slow but steady process. And um, so, but at Nico, we we're very dedicated to making a good product and doing the right thing. And um, you know, it's it's a higher price product, but we were confident that the value will eventually be known by a wider audience. And and yeah. that's that's what I'm here for. For sure, I'm about it, and we'll get into the the price a little bit because I think you explained it to me because we talked a little bit before the show, and we'll get into that a little bit later of why it's worth it. But I'm going to go, Brian. Introduce yourself. I can tell you, uh, Scott, one of your number one salesmen is probably <laughs> the free caller himself because I tried Nico, and I'm I'm not a set in my ways type of guy. The second I saw it was made in Japan, I automatically was like. I'm, my foot's in the door now because as, as Sean knows, I'm the JDM Lord in our text or our group. So uh, second I saw that, but man, I mean, you can't go through a creek crawler video on YouTube without seeing a Nico bait put in either <laughs> ridiculous amount of work or catch fish when everyone else is struggling to catch fish. So Brian, introduce yourself with the people at home who don't know who you are, who you are and how you got started with Nico. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Brian Slayton. Um, some of you who are watching or listening may know me as the Creek Crawler on YouTube. Um, grew up Southwest Ohio, huge into fishing, wade fishing, creek fishing in particular, um, mainly going after smallmouth, but I'm a multi-species guy as most river anglers. I think can attest to, you know, Brad catches all the channel catfish for everyone. And Every single channel catfish in a vicinity or radius of Brad Hicks will be caught on something it's not supposed to be caught on. I've watched this dude catch more catfish on a jackhammer than I have people who actually fish for catfish. It's ridiculous. Yeah, man, just I grew up in southwest Ohio, fished the, the Great Miami River and all its tributaries and... um Found this Helgramite a few years ago, but a little bit of backstory on me. I also served in the military. I was in the U.S. Navy. Um, I lived in Japan for four years. So um, the tackle shops in Japan are unbelievable, to say the least. Um, oh, my God. Yes, they're amazing. Just the, oh, just the variety, the innovation, and the quality of work that they do over there is just incredible. And when I came back home from the Navy – I was like, you know what? I'm going to step up my YouTube game, start recording some videos. And then like 2017, 2018, I started putting a lot of work in. And I was like, I'm looking for something different because I was really basic. I've, I've kind of grown as an angler these past few years, expanded my horizons and techniques and tactics. But I was like, I need something that these smallmouth just haven't really seen before in Ohio. And I did some research, found this Nico Helgramite. I was like, wow, this is and as a fish management and wildlife student, I was like, this makes total sense. And not many people are throwing artificial Helgramites. Um, yeah, the Helgramite is known to catch the smallmouth live Helgramites. I was like, where's the artificial one? And I found Nico's Helgramite and com fell completely head over heels for it because I would go out and literally just use a single bait all day and catch 20 plus smallmouth on the same bait. I was like, this is just unreal and i was like i have to start making videos of this because nobody's going to believe me that these things are just so effective so i just started making videos and yeah i might get old on the youtube channel seeing me throw the helgramite all the time but it's just a proven killer the leech is a killer we'll get into the nico baits later on the different presentations but yeah i've came from japan i've experienced the i've experienced the earthquakes and i even felt them on the ship on a giant Navy vessel out in the middle of the Pacific, you can feel these earthquakes. And I was just like, this place is crazy. 
I took my wife over there. She lived over there with me the past, the last two years of my uh, contract there. And uh, we were like, yeah, our apartment's shaking. So um, let's go back home when we're done with this. But yeah, man, been home, been videoing, doing the YouTube thing the past few years pretty hard as I'm a student at Ohio University and working as well. So I've been pretty busy, but that's where I am today. So it's awesome. And one thing I'll say before we dive into Nico. This is your first full season in a kayak, correct, Brian? This is my first full season in a kayak, yes. If you had one tip for new kayak anglers, what would it be? A new tip for kayak anglers. Brand new. Like they, they've never Brand kayaked before. They want to get into it the, like you on did. Plastic. Um, push be safe, man. I've, I've found myself in some situations that if I was an experienced kayak angler – I probably would never like learning how to read the water on a kayak, especially on a river system, um, being prepared and doing a lot of research before you do a float, because I've taken on some floats that I wasn't familiar with in dark situations. And it was like really dangerous. And I've been on the edge of like flipping my kayak. I haven't, I'm not even going to say it, but I haven't made a mistake yet. Yeah, exactly. I got wood right here, but I've been, I've been in situations where I needed to not be so, fast about it i need to go there do the footwork before i go like go wade the stretch look where the obstructions are the strainers that could tip you over if you're not being careful and just reading the water being especially in the river yeah yeah i can 100 percent attest to that as people who listen to the show know me and brad are stupid we've been doing this for a while and we still do dumb things so don't do what we do listen to brian because that is one of the best tips that i could ever give anybody be safe when you go out there pay attention the river is an ever-changing thing. It could look fine until you hit a rock going sideways, Brad, mm-hmm. and tip your boat. Water and you lose so all powerful. your crap. Yeah. yeah it really water is, is so especially much yeah. powerful than you think it is. Even in just a few inches of water, five or six inches, and you go sideways, it, it has the force to push you over. And it's it can I've been in some scary situations this year. Yep. I, I was gonna add the force of water because I used to be a whitewater kayaker and canoeer and um and um you, you really don't people don't appreciate the power of yeah. flowing water yeah. until they don't respect it right until you're in it exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah i was exactly. about to say there was a, a video posted in the bona fide uh owners group and it was a guy taking an ss 107 down some class threes and i i commented i was like dude that's really cool that i know it can do that i'm not gonna do that like <laughs> yeah. i'm happy it can I just, I, I've been doing this for a couple years now. Uh, I know Brad's been doing it for a long, way longer than I have, uh, at least double the time. And I, I mean, we've gone down some sketchy stretches where we probably shouldn't have, and we should have looked at a little bit better, but man, that was like watching that video gave me anxiety because you're on a sit on top kayak where your center of gravity is super high. And he, the dude's just going right through like it was nothing. I was like, dude, that's awesome. I'm not going to, that's stupid though. I'm not going to do that. So I made that, just, I made that mistake fishing the Hobie BOS on the Susquehanna. I fished um, the Juniata River and I've never been on there before. And I was coming back from my practice and I hit, like, I was looking forward and I was like going pretty fast. I was like, okay, I don't remember this. But like, I could see past the boulder and the, the water wasn't connecting there. And I was like, it was too late. And I hit this boulder and the water pushed me sideways. And I was like leaning over like this, this, these large like stone pillars are in the, it's, it's a pretty unique um, ecosystem, but I was like leaning over and 
I don't know how it didn't happen, but I didn't tip. My kayak kicked the bottom, and I kind of like pushed myself off the rock. And it was just, it was a crazy situation. It's sketchy. I mean, it's Dude. like the whole, the whole day changes immediately for 20 seconds <laughs> while you're, and it seems like you're there for two hours, like trying to figure yeah. out like, well, like I, two weeks ago I was out and I got stuck on a rock and I positioned myself. I lucked out in the P127 got a rock up in between my rockers. So I wouldn't move. And I was yeah. like, all right. I'm just going to keep fishing and assume everything's going to be okay. And, and Brad goes by me. He's like, you good? I was like, I can't move, man, but I'll be fine. And then I finally was like, well, bending branches, paddler or paddle angler pro $300. I'm going to break you today and just yeah. push myself off gouge my paddle. I was butt hurt. Um, yeah. But okay. So everyone's used to the rabbit holes, but we're going down a deep one now. So yeah. we're going to get into Nico Bates. Um, yes. Scott as the, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline main nico guy where do you want to start oh wow i guess um i guess we'll start with uh i guess just just maybe a, a sec second or two on the company and then the plastic because uh, what makes that unique and then um then you'll see how it performs in the baits um yeah it works great i'm about it hey well first of all nico's uh nico has a history of about 50 or 60 years uh in, in business um, they're a small company in, in the Tokyo area, and um, they are periodically ranked in, in, in the top 50 of Japan, I think, as far as a small company to work for. And um, Oh, wow. That's that's awesome. So they, um, the company's name actually means daily happiness. And that's so cool. the company's philosophy that. is that, is that they, you, you have to bring value and happiness to people. And by 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 people recognizing that they'll buy your product or service and you'll make the world a better place. And so um, Nico's worked with um, plastics for 50 or 60 years. And uh, this particular plastic that they use, they've worked with for about 50 or 60 years. In wow. um, around 20 years ago, 20, around 2000, they started um, uh, looking at ways to make a more environmentally friendly soft plastic and using their plastics and um because at the time uh, the 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 typical baits the plastisol baits that we most people will use contain well the plastisol acts as an environmental hormone it, it disrupts um all of the communication within your body it causes all kinds of issues um, mental cognizance issues it causes high blood pressure it causes at, at a high enough level it will cause gender dysphoria um, it causes um, lack of development, especially for men and boys. I'm getting um, a lecture. I didn't know any of this. Like yeah, I knew it wasn't great, but I didn't know. Yeah, it like, if, if you right. burn it, you get dioxin. You can't recycle it. And so the plastisol baits, there's are uh, they're they're sporadically banned in various watersheds around the world, and they're banned in some watersheds in Japan. And that was the impetus for. Um, the proposal in Maine to ban soft plastics and fishing probably about seven or eight years ago. It was because of these toxins. 
So Nico's plastic is a medical food grade plastic. It is completely harmless. You could eat it, you could smoke it, you could do anything with it, and it's not going to cause any harm to anything at any time. I'm um, going to eat a bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you may choke on it. So the, I was going to say, you don't eat it, you know. But um, you know, not guaranteed against choking. But um, <laughs> they, uh, they uh, so even the the the, the scents and the then the colors in there, the dyes are also food grade material. Um, the, these baits will also, they're made out of a, a polymer a plastic that net, that microbes will break down over time. And also UV will break them down over time. And when they break down, they don't break down into microplastics. They break down into like ammonia, carbon dioxide, and water. So they truly do break down. It just takes a long time, but they do harmlessly break down. And while they're in the environment... Um, you, we've all seen fish that have swollen or hard soft plastics in, that they've ingested. A Nico plastic will never become hard. It will always remain soft. And so animals that ingest them can either disgorge them or pass them. Or if it doesn't um, pass one way or the other, it remains soft within the animal. And, and in case of a fish, if it's not, it, it remains soft so the fish can still swim and still catch prey, can still escape predators. So it's a swallow safe plastic. So there's this one reason why I call it right behind me, the, the next generation of soft baits. Um, because Nico is really a pioneer in this and it took him a long time. And, it, and this plastic is made at a level. Um, it's a very difficult, very finicky, high tech plastic to work with. And if you've handled Nico products, you'll, you'll probably realize that they do feel different. They perform differently. Um, and that's why Nico is the private label manufacturer for some very, very large, well-known companies, you know. If, oh, wow. Um, you know, if you think of, name name two big, giant Japanese companies in there. <laughs> two of them. And then, um, and then there's two more here in the U.S. that, um, that do very well. You know, there's, um, you know, I, I'm normally not allowed to mention them to too much detail. But um, it, it is, those we companies understand. can go anywhere in the world. <laughs> For their product but they but these are very well-known companies they trust their brand their brand is entrusted to nico um, because nico does perform at a different level um so that's the history of nico so nico you know released their first baits i think in 2010 in japan um uh, about a year before the earthquake hit and um uh and since then you know since 2011 i came to the us i really didn't know anything about the fishing industry um, my first interaction with the fishing industry was very negative. Um, I had a lot of people, um, steer me in the wrong direction down dead ends and, um, try to prevent a, another company from coming in. Um, and, um, so I just kind of, uh, withdrew for a while. I just kind of like a turtle, you pulled my head back in under the shell and I just started, decided to start locally. So I just kind of helped some guys with some local bass tournaments and, um, I, uh, I, I did, I went to Trout Unlimited shows because we have little bug baits too. We had those at the time. Um, in fact, our stonefly was the very first bait we ever had. Um, and the trout guys were really enthusiastic about the environmental aspects of the baits. And they're pretty smart fellows. And they gave me a lot of advice and helped me move on to the next step. And that was the helper mite. And um, 
And then uh, yeah. that kind of really got us going. So I have a quick question just to go off what you just said. What did Nico, because you said they've been around for about 50 years. What did they, what business did they start in before they got into the fishing industry? So they were in um, the original business a long, long time ago is they were, they made a lot of specialty packaging materials because um, they're a small company, you know, you know, you know, they would make, um, say back in the sixties, you know, Japan was still exporting electronics a lot. Um, and so a lot, and you, when you package a lot of electronics, you need, you know, little, you know, precise, detailed pieces yeah. of plastic. And, and then sometimes the plastic needs to be a certain kind of plastic. And so that's what Nico, that's how Nico got started. And, uh, now they now they do uh, several things. They have a cosmetics line where they do private label cosmetics. Um, they do. They even make little tiny lineal motors for, um, or they I think they assemble them for uh, like hobbyists. That's these little spray painting like. Oh, no, that's cool. Oh actually, yeah, I didn't they, know they that. Actually, that's awesome. Uh, uh, they actually sell paint that, that for the hobbyists that paint their lures, um, and they do a couple other things. Um, they, they, there's anything that's kind of. Um, niche kind of like a little bit of niche um a little bit of know-how something that takes a little bit of an eye i know they have a couple healthcare products um but you know but the the soft bait business has become one of their main pillars and um you know they've clearly i think in my mind and i think in a lot of people's mind they they've excelled at that like nobody else and um, yes so I that's, agree. that's one thing that you know they continually are always trying to train. for sure for sure so we can get in so we got the history i think we should get right into the helgramite because that's okay. uh that's i think your most known bait um yes we'll get into the history a little bit and then i want so i haven't thrown the helgramite yet so i'm gonna completely take myself out of the equation and i'm going to get uh sean's way he rigs it and then i want to because i saw a picture on your website somebody's wacky rigging it I want to figure out if somebody's done that, and if they have, explain it. And then I want to see how Brian rigs it. So let's get on the the Helgramite. That, like you said, that was your kind of your big, not necessarily big break, but the one that everyone's known about here in the U.S. So let's talk about that a little bit. All right. Um, do you guys want to go to me or? Um, oh yeah, you know okay. more about oh. the history of it than. <laughs> oh well, the, well the history of it was basically the Trout Unlimited guys said, "Hey, you know what? No one's ever made a good Helgramite." You should do that with this material. And uh, sure enough, I mean, I grew up fishing, um, and I there were plastic helgramites when I was young. You know, in the seventies, we had plastic helgramites. And so I went looked at the market again, and I realized, that, you know, they're right. I didn't really see anything that was that really turned me on to a plastic helgramite. So we, we decided to make one that uh, would be number one in its category. And um, yep, there it is. So the the Helgramite, there you go. It's uh, people don't realize there's actually two species of Helgramites in the east. Um, there's a separate species out in uh, Texas, and there's one in California in the Sierras. Uh, Japan's got them, and Europe's got them as well. And um, oh, okay, I didn't know that. So the this Helgramite is kind of about 90% the normal eastern Dobson fly that everybody knows. And I took about 10% from the lesser known uh, Helgramite um, and just kind of tweaked it a little bit. And so it's a three inch bait. And uh, 
you can see it there. It's pretty detailed. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it floats. It's, it's super durable. And uh, it, it does the job. So there's almost, for rigging and fishing, um, I, you know, this sounds kind of weird to say it, but there's almost no wrong way to fish it. Um, there's almost no wrong way to rig it. It's, it's a bait that just gets fish on and fish find it. Fish will just find it. Um, I personally um, Texas rig it most of the time. Um, I used to, uh, I think most of my customers probably net rig it. Um, but I, I Texas rig it where I fish. Um, number one, I've been very unhappy with the net rigs that were on the market, certainly in the early days. Um, this bait will outlast the, this bait will outlast many net rigs. And certainly in the early days, the cheaper ones. Uh, even by the name brand. Um, so I got very frustrated with that. And um, so I, what I do is I just Texas rig it with a, uh, with a Gamakatsu G-Lock hook, uh, one knot. It's a perfect, I think it's a very harmonious fit for this bait. Um, and I can use it, you know, almost the same way. I mean, it floats, uh, it doesn't get snagged as much and it's very versatile. And if you use Nico baits, cause I'm using them all the time, um, I can, I, I can think so. that, I, yeah, well, I, I do, I do play around with other people's stuff sometimes. Um, but I, I, you know, I can take that Helgramite off and put on a leech. I can put on an octopus. I can put on a shrimp. Um, I can put on squid strips. I could put on other bait, the tadpoles, all of those on the same rig. And so I don't have to spend time three time. Um, and I can, I can get a lot more efficient time in. It's a lot more fun. And it's, um. You know, I want customers to realize that too. If they, you know, there's, you know, these these baits are pretty interchangeably as far as rigging, um, but that's kind of a, the basic style. You know, a lot of people will get more fancy. Um, I'll I'll put them on jig heads, and uh, lately I've been fishing in top water a lot. Um, so you know, where I'm fishing in the Shenandoah, the water's clear, it's low, it's got a lot of grass in it, and you can't drag stuff underwater very much without getting grass all over it. So. Um, you know, I just throw top water and just been killing it lately with that. Um, well, it, several of the baits off each top water, but the Helgramite, you know, really, really shines. Yeah, see, I would have never even thought to rig that for a top water lure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've Super effective. Yep. Mm. <clears throat> They're not shy about uh, wanting that Helgramite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I mean, I've, I've got a couple packs of them. Um, and just looking at them like they just look it's very pleasing to the eye because there's a ton of detail in them they're just like you know it's a super plastic so you can tell they're super durable um me and brad were talking when we started we really put knuckles to the ground started using them saturday and that's all we used and he made the comment of in your hand because obviously i mean we've we've had other elastoplastics or super plastic companies on here and we've used their baits um but in the hand it feels like a a I, a heavier or thicker like it's right. just a more I, I don't want to necessarily say superior but i mean kind of felt it just feels like a better version of what's out because of the it just feels better it feels yeah. more durable um, yeah there's a reason for that so elastomer type plastics there's, there's a lot of varieties out there um I think most people probably start with the same base plastic as Nico. Um, but the thing is with elastomers, um, it, it's very difficult to get uh, all the properties that you want. There's like a sweet spot. 
you know, it's like a golf glove or a baseball bat. Uh, there's a sweet spot in there, and it's very difficult to do, to manufacture. Um, and so every time you do something, every time you make a change, a lot of times you'll lose something else. And um, if you go in one direction here, you'll lose something over here. And really nobody except Nico has been able to maintain this high level, this finicky plastic and maintain this properties like that. So it's a very, it's a pure product. It's, um, I mean, it has stuff That's, in it, but it's, yeah, it's the, a the, more pure product, unadulterated. Um, the word pure explains it perfect because it feels like it's just exactly what it's, how you see all the advertisements and you see everyone who catches all these fish on, you know, 47 fish on the same bait. And then, but when you have this in your hand, it feels pure as the, as the greatest adjective I could think of. Yeah. Cause um, it, it feels like that. It feels like it's, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and to do all those things, it's not cheap. It's not easy. Um, yeah. And it also puts limits on your equipment, um, your machinery that you use. And so there's cheaper elastomers out there, but they've all made compromises one way or another to get the price down. Um, you'll, you, you'll lose something and, um, and it may be a good trade-off may not be, but, but Nico decided to, to remain the pure, you know, I guess if your cars, you know, the, the Lexus, I guess, you know, of, of the, of the group. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of why it's a little bit different. Oh, for sure. So Brian, we'll start with you. Because I know yeah. the the reason that I'm gonna start how I'm gonna start rigging the Helgramites is because of videos. Because you you seem like you rig them the same way almost every time, and they never get snagged, and you catch fish on them. So explain how you rig it for the people at home. Yeah, and what you use, and what jig head you use. Because I had to go to three Dick Sporting Goods to freaking find them. <laughs> so. Yeah. So this is my basic presentation right here. Let me get on the screen. It's, it's a weedless presentation. This jig head right here is the VMC Rugby jig head. This is a heavier one, but this is what it looks like, Rugby jig head. And I've kind of narrowed my – because I've been using these for about three years now. And um, I've kind of narrowed it down through trial and error because, as Scott mentioned, these, these baits, they do have a price to them. But they're going to last forever. If you rig them properly – I know. I think you were rigging them just with a standard jig head. Was that was that right, Matt? How you guys were rigging uh, the leeches? For the leeches, we were throwing them on uh, just a net head, so the hook yeah. was exposed, and we yeah. were just doing a standard net. Um, yeah, which worked, so, but Brad did lose one because it's a net head with an exposed hook, and that's what you asked me when we started talking about doing Nico for the show. You said, "Hey, did you lose any?" And I was like, "I mean, I got a snag, but yeah. I've learned to get net heads unsnagged." Like, <laughs> and that's and that's a privilege we have as kayak anglers is going out. Someone fishing from the bank necessarily, if they're fishing and they don't want to lose their baits, I always I've come to this just a little weedless presentation. I get good hook sets. There's a huge gap in between there, so that when that fish bites it, you got all that hook exposed right there. And this is just what I've come on. Just these little football heads. I like to fish rocky structure, so these little football heads bounce around perfectly for that and you're able to drift these through riffles and stuff like that and that's one of my most effective ways is casting it up a riffle and letting it drift down into the deeper holes and the, yeah that's that's what i've rigged them on that's what i rig all my plastics on i even have the nico ned here on the same rugby jig head and that's a cool awesome presentation too 
this is the lunar ned it's like a core shot it's got like a blue and glitter in the middle and yeah, it's got like a clear that's dope so oh. now i need to get some of those because that looks sick <laughs> uh, hey, and by the way i'm getting vans outdoors to bring these to ohio so well there you go so that's where i bought mine um yeah. if you're in the ohio area vans outdoors if there's one near you um they had Hebron a whole section Obets, of them Hebron, Obets, and lebanon will be the stores that'll carry that carry most yep. of the Nico products that i've got here yet yeah so and i went to lebanon i got mine um and normally me and brad like to not dip into techniques of too hard because that would be taking away from sean oh good because he's he's the technique <laughs> show but since he's here i'm yeah, gonna cheat and we're gonna do it, it. so yeah. before we get to sean what because you throw a lot of guys like myself i hate throwing a ned rig on an ewg because i use a medium light and i'm afraid i'm not going to have the backbone and if i do have the backbone i'm going to break it which i forgot what rod i'm throwing half the time and i end up setting the hook like i'm texas rigging with a crankbait which is i have two broke rods for that reason but what type of rod like what power are you using for like the net head are you using a medium light are you using a medium are you asking me or sean I'm asking you, and then we'll get into shot. Oh, so I typically go with a 610 medium extra fast. Okay. Um, it's the Evergreen Combat Stick is what I've been using. Um, it's an excellent little rod to throw little finesse techniques on. Um, it's got the backbone. It's got the sensitive tip. So when I'm dr- when I'm when I'm drifting at Helgramite, I can feel that my rod tip literally goes dink dink dink, and all of a sudden a small mouth. It's like. it's a really awesome it's an awesome setup and i've kind of settled on that 610 medium extra fast for my rod okay and for the reel i'll go with the 2500 daiwa kage with 10 pound braid i like the braid i use the braid i've been using that a lot these past couple years that i've been introduced to it because like i said i'm kind of a noob at fishing um, I've done it a lot, but I never really expanded my horizons as to all this technique that we could use (laughs) what is that the best braid you'll ever use 12 pound sunline x plaza x plasma okay and it's fantastic i back everything on that now uh super sensitive slick cast great i'll have to look into that but yeah i'll use the 10 pound braid to 10 pound fluorocarbon for my setup to that rugby jig head and the helger mic dope sean technique master bass fishing for noobs um uh, I remember when I first started fishing the river and uh, I, I was, you know, struggling and uh, there's an old guy at the shore and he's like, oh, you got to get you some Helgramites. And I'm like, Helga, what? And uh, so uh, being the, uh, you know, noob that I was, I went on Google and searched for Helgramites. And that is actually how I found the Necro Helgramite. I uh, ordered my first pack of them and um I uh, started out with kind of the poor man's version of the rugby head. It was uh, I just used a regular EWG uh, hook with uh, a little like one sixteenth ounce weight um, pegged on the front of it, and um, that's how I fished it for the longest time. Um, and then when I started uh, getting into some net heads, I switched to the net head. Um, didn't like it as much because of the exposed hook, but then I found a local company, a guy to me, uh, local to me, um, uh, named K- he goes by the name Ken's Jigs. I'm not sure, but he does a a weedless Ned rig that I've fallen in love with, uh, Ned head. And, um, so that's what I fish them on now. Um, I do have, um, another one, uh, another head that I'm going to show you guys later when we talk about the leeches that I absolutely love. Um, I haven't thrown it on the, the, uh, Helgramite yet, just because I, it works so well with the leech that, uh, that's kind of my go-to now, but, uh, um, I'll, we'll hit that a little bit later, but yeah, so my main, uh, 
uh, like I said, I, I Texas rigged it with a little 16th ounce peg weight, uh, like a bullet weight at first, but now I'm pretty much on those EWG net heads and um, either a 116th or if I need a little bit weight if the current's booking a little bit more, then I bump up to an eight. Um, oh, yeah. And I throw that on a uh, St. Croix uh, medium light extra fast tip. Um, I think it's a Mojo Yak. Um, and um, that's the, the rod I use for that. And I've caught, uh, you know, 19, 20 inch smallies on it. So it, 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 it handles them. And Sean, what uh, river system do you fish? The Susquehanna. I live about oh, 15 minutes yeah. away. So I also oh. fish the Hobie BOS, but we won't talk about that because I did terrible. <laughs> hey, I didn't do too good either, but I, I was I was proud of myself. Yeah, I was. It was my first major event, so I was happy just to go do it. So yeah, it was an awesome yeah. experience. Believe me, uh, Brian. Don't worry. Before the show, I told Sean how it's. I'm always jealous because he'll post pictures, and I'll talk. I'll, like me and Brad will be out, and he'll post on Saturdays when we're out. And I was like, man, it's not fair because he's right on the Susky. Like the GMR is nice. I'm not going to dog yeah. the GMR this year. I haven't been a fan of her, but that's okay. Uh, but I was like, man, he's at the Susky. Like it's like cheating at that point. You know, yeah. it just just is. But I am I am anyway. blessed to live here. Um, yeah. I, I won't I won't deny it. But <laughs> it's awesome. But yeah, so uh, I like both ways, and that's how I'm going to primarily rig that. Is going to be with that that rugby jig head. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, or basically, I've I've got to the point from throwing a couple jigs completely weedless jig masters. I keep talking about them, but they make a finesse jig that, which Sean, I know you're familiar with it. They make a finesse jig that has a screw lock. You put it in there, um, and I can run all my plastics weedless with a finesse jig. So, I've come to where if I can weedless something, I will always do it because I'll watch Brad or somebody else I'm fishing with get hung up with a jig they're throwing or something, and I yeah. just. I just keep going. I don't have to worry about it. And one of the, it was an old, it was a video from the eighties. Somebody's talking about the only way you're going to catch the best fish is throwing into the nastiest crap you can find, yeah. which is true. And I've caught plenty of fish this year thrown into like trees and everything with the weedless setup. So I'm excited to try that out. Uh, I'm going to, I want to move right into the leech mostly because I have a good bit, like a couple months experience with it now. And it's become like one of my favorite baits I've ever thrown. So Scott kind of talk about, you know, you talked about the Helgerite when it came out, talk about the leech, how you guys came to do the leech. Um, yeah. Like so the leech, um, we were just, you know, after the Helgerite, you know, you know, we needed to do something else. We can't be a one trick pony, you know? So, um, we, we thought we wanted to do something, maybe a drop shot bait. And, um, so that was our original thought. And, uh, we started with like a four inch worm and then, uh, I, I don't quite I don't quite remember how we got on the leech, but um, I got on the leech. I looked around and I, I saw that I wasn't too impressed with the other leeches, and I thought, well, this kind of reminds me of the Helgramite. Um, so I, I think we I think there's plenty of room there to make a superior product in this category. And um, so we you know, we designed the leech, and if you've noticed, the leech is actually a slightly softer plastic than the Helgramites. I um, did notice that when I got them, I, whenever I get something new, I always, I, I'm like a kid on Christmas. Like I'll rip the box open and I'll throw the paper. And now I've got better to where I like try to hide the paper. So my wife yeah. doesn't see what I'm buying. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I pulled the Helgramite out and I was playing with it and I had the leech and I'd noticed, I was like, well, this leech, it has, it seems like it's softer, but still, I mean, the quality still there. It just seems like it's a softer yeah. plastic. Yeah. So um, on the, on the leech, um, 
you know, it's got all those little fine ribs. It's got a kind of that profile. Um, you see little segments in there. So, you know, it comes in at uh, uh, 3.8 inches. And so, you know, you can, so those segments are in there. So if you want to chop it down to three or something else, you know, you can, there's little markers there for you to do that. It provides a little bit of extra presence in the water and you know, as far as the vibrations go. Um, and also it's an aid in rigging. If you rig their leech a lot, you know, sometimes you can, you know, helps you place the hook a little better sometimes. Um, you know, it's super stretchy. It floats, you know, scented. It's, um, it, it's just, a it's just a real, real nice product. And, um, you know, I spent, even though it's a very simple looking product, I did do a lot of research into, um, profiles of what you know what leeches might be in nature so you know the some of the the dimensions on there are all are all specifically calculated it's not just um throwing up a shape and um the profile it's you notice it's not a it's not real flat it, it has enough meat to it that you can ned rig it as well so it's a very versatile base i know people have used it for trailers um, on Ned's drop shot, Texas rig, um, top water, you know, you can, uh, you can use it in many, many different ways. It's very versatile bait. Um, yeah, um, I'm oh, quite pleased sure. with it. Uh, I, I could say that we all are too. Um, the, what I loved about the leech and it's almost every color and I can show everybody while we were looking at this, almost every color has a, the, the tail is just a tad bit different in color for most of them. Um, um for some of them, yes. Yes, for some of them, yeah. I mean, you have your straight, you know, your straight shots, um, which you have a morning dawn, which I just love morning dawn. It's like the best oh. color I've ever imagined. <laughs> um, yes. But what I love about it is, especially I've been throwing the Eclipse a lot, and uh, I didn't, I haven't busted the magma out, what we just saw and what Brian was showing to the camera. It looks yep. so good, and it's a oh, limited, man. it says it's a limited release, so I'm afraid, like, I'm never going to get it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what's awesome as I was throwing it and I, I like to do a tank test in my bathtub when I get stuff and it's so cool. And I did it in the river too. And I was actually doing it today. Just, I was just watching the bait because the water was shallow enough to where I could see it, but it had enough depth and stuff cover around it to where when that stands straight up, it has a little bit of flow on it and that it's almost like a, a, an angler fish deep down in, in the ocean to where it's pitch black, but you see this little light yeah. and it's like finding Nemo and you go, Dory goes up to it and then gets scared because it's an anglerfish, which if you've ever seen those, a, they get way bigger than the movie. Terrifying. And B, they're terrifying. Like they're st like stupid. But uh, I actually had, when it was going, I had a, a little small mouth. Like he may have been six inches. Like he was super, like I wouldn't even, if he got it, I would let him let it go, but he was short striking the tail and he was just hitting that, just that tail. Um, so I love that because it gives it just a little bit something, a little presentation, a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I've been throwing it on Ned Rig. And like you said, it's flat enough to where the current will move it a lot, but it's got meat enough to where you could slide it up on the hook and it's not wanting to move around. It's not wanting to pop right. out the sides. It's perfect for it. Um, yeah. And it's, it's easily my new go-to Ned hook yeah. or Ned bait for the simple fact that it looks awesome. It rigs great. And the presentation is just killer. Yeah. And you mentioned that action. If you actually, you know, take a look at the side profile of it, it, it's, it's a little, you probably don't see other similar style baits with that exact profile from the side, the way the tail yeah. is tapers. 
Uh, and, Sean, uh, you want to throw yours up so we can show people? And, yeah, um, if you can see it. It's going to be hard to see. Sideways. Uh, yeah. So a lot of that. Oh, you got the uh, that limited release. Yep. <laughs> Very yeah, good. Be... <laughs> that's a that's a wonderful color for me. Black Aurora. Yeah. It's, yes. It's my one of my absolutely favorites. Yes. Um, but when I was working on that, you know, there's again there's some various formulas and and dimensions that you can go that you can get in nature with natural leeches that will more likely simulate a natural motion of a leech and that was the intention behind that now whether that actually happens or not you know it's hard to tell but that was the intention and there's some science behind that and to build off and to build off what scott was saying a lot of people don't realize this but i worked in fisheries the past three years i work for a different agency now but we would sample river smallmouth creek smallmouth and something they were eating that a lot of people don't know are lampreys people don't think we have lampreys in our river hmm. systems and we have little lampreys they're about four to five inches long they're called east brook lampreys and the nico leech absolutely looks the profile of a if you look up a, a lamprey east brook lamprey i believe they're called but we would find these smallmouth and their bellies would be full of lampreys they were eating lampreys hmm. and this leech Indirectly, yeah, it mimics a leech, but it also mimics a lamprey that is scurrying along the bottom. And smallmouth absolutely crush lampreys. It's crazy. And I realized this a couple years ago. I was like, what are all these things in their bellies? And, my, and the biologist I was working with, he's like, they're brook lampreys. They make migrations, like in, like uh, spawning migrations up and down because they live in the soil and then they'll come out to spawn. And it was it's crazy because this leech like identical is the profile of, on the yeah. side. Um so yeah. this is like the worst picture of one that I can find, but it's I don't a know lamprey. if you can see the yellow one yeah. um better. Yeah. Uh, but that yeah, they definitely the side profile is pretty cool. Yep. It, I mean it's just different. Um and there was a there was there was some thought put into that, and I think yep. that's not okay. Um so I one thing I do want to mention is when I go fishing, um <laughs> I, I usually, for smallmouth, I'm usually wet wading in the Shenandoah, and I, I usually tie a, I usually tie the canoe to me, and I walk around towing the canoe. And in the canoe, I have about <laughs> seven or eight rods rigged up in all different ways that I play around and experiment because I'm always experimenting. And um, but one thing I notice is certainly when there's big fish around, I absolutely have the algramite and the leech tied up. Because if I miss a fish on the Helgramite, I can go right back with a leech, and re you don't have to wait long, and uh, that fish will, that you can get that fish on the leech, or vice versa. And um, and for the certainly for the through the spring and the summer, the leech, you know, I was I was going basically one for one with the Helgramite as far as performance goes. Um, yeah, so I could. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, and they don't realize it. They think they miss a fish, and the fish is just gone smallmouth and brian you actually have a video that shows it great when you're getting the underwater footage of it and you're throwing the leech um but you'll see you'll throw it in that smallmouth will run completely away and then you just count down you can count it down by 20 or 10 and that you can see it in the corner of the video smallmouth just comes up and he's looking at it and then he'll go away and then he'll come back and i tell people all the time if you're throwing a bait in there and you get hit and brad actually explained this to me a couple years ago you throw a bait in there you get hit on it follow it right up with a finesse bait uh -huh. and uh 
what's so good about the leeches and the, which I didn't know we had lampreys, which is dope. Uh, <laughs> but what's what's so cool about the leeches and the uh, Helgramite is they're two completely different presentations, but they're natural presentations. So when you throw it in there, they're used to seeing it. So, oh, you missed on the leech. You throw the Helgramite in, they don't have anything. It's not like you're throwing, you know, a jackhammer. And there's like, they're like, ah, yeah, that looks like nothing I eat. Uh, <laughs> but you throw a Helgramite in be like, okay, well, the last thing was weird and it stung me. But I, they come back. I know what that is. I eat them all the time. And then they hit it uh -huh. and you're right back on. So that's that's a great tip that a lot of people don't realize. If you miss yeah. the first time, throw back in with something smaller or something different. And and a lot of things, a lot of, I tell a lot of people is let this bait sell itself. Don't overwork it. You can let the current be your friend with the leech and the Helgramite. Yeah, the Helgramite, all these little appendages, if you watch it in the current, all these little appendages wave back and forth in the current. And letting that, that Helgramite just sit there on the bottom and just wave like that, it's just irresistible. And I tell people, I'll say, cast out there and just let it sit there. It's like almost like you're using live bait. Like you can literally sit there, just let it sit there. I've done it before a million, I've done it thousands of times now, where I just let it sit there in a hole where I know there's a fish. It just the matter of the fish coming around to see it. So once it sees it, you're sitting there just so it's just so natural. It'll pick it up and you can sit there, watch your line jump and then just start going down the stream. It's, it's truly incredible. The action and just having people to slow down with the presentation, you don't really have to work it that hard. And uh, one thing with smallmouth, especially is a lot of times they, the, the first strike they do is to stun. So when you yeah. follow it up with something finesse, that's what you're doing. They're, you're, they're thinking, oh, all right, I nailed that thing, and now here it comes, floating back down slow. You know, yep. and that's when they, you know, chomp it and eat it the rest of the way, you know. So definitely I think that's a great tip of following up with uh, if you miss a strike on something moving or um, definitely follow up with uh, something. Especially if you're, uh, if you're topwater fishing with a popper or something mm -hmm. and miss a blow up, reel it in and throw the Helgramite or the leech or the crawl or something on the bottom. And typically I've done it before, throw the neds actually too, and you'll pick that fish up especially if you missed him and didn't get no hooks in him. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a, it's a, it's a technique and a, a tip. A lot of people I think should utilize. Um, so Brian, do you rig the leech pretty much the same way as you rig the Helgramite with that? Yeah. Head? The, um, the, the little EWGs, um, I've tried, I've dabbled with the drop shot because I don't really drop shot a lot. And I want to learn how to use that in a river system. Cause I've heard it's very effective. Um, it can, but yeah, I just, I just run the same. Annoying. Yeah. I, <laughs> I run that same, just a little EWG style on the leech. Um, because I'm fishing, like you mentioned earlier, I'm trying to fish in the nastiest stuff and I don't want to, I don't like to lose my baits period. I don't, I don't care what I'm using. I like to get it back and make it last as long as possible and get my, get my value out of it. So the EWGs have shifted over and I've seen a huge decrease in uh, losing baits. So the same, awesome. the same style, the same, same way. Okay. I know Sean, you said you had a, a jig head that you wanted to. Oh yeah. Um, so um, when I, I actually found this jig head through uh, a guy, another uh, YouTuber. Uh, he's uh, I think he goes by angler anchor is uh, his name is Vincent. Okay. Stutter. Vincent. Uh, yeah. 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 And um, he actually is the first one I saw use it. So this is um, North branch tackles sled head jig. Um, you can see um, the way it connects to the leech is this tiny little needle. It's like a barbed needle. So huh. it, 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 um, it doesn't have a screw lock, which everybody who does uh, these, uh, these crazy plastics knows screw locks don't always play well with them. 
this needle threads like perfectly and it holds it. And then on the other end, it's, it's belly weighted and uh, then just a single hook on the back. So, and you can uh, weed, uh, rig it weedless, just, uh, you know, expose the, yeah. the hook a bit a little bit. And I'm, I'm telling you, I throw this in the Susquehanna, which is like snag city. And um, I've had the same one tied onto my rod now for two weeks. Uh, I've caught like 20 or 30 fish on it. And um, I just don't lose them. Um, wow, so, that's that's a unique. I like it. it's like it's like a sled body or something. Yeah. So uh, Ryan yeah. at uh, North Branch Tackle, he's a, a small guy, a small shop. Um, I think he's Facebook only. If uh, uh, that's where I order from, uh, from him. But uh, yeah, uh, this thing works amazing. Um, Vincent sold me on it, and uh, um, Ryan's been uh, gracious enough. I gave him a quick shout out tonight. I said, "Hey, I'm going to mention you on the show. I hope it doesn't uh, flood you with orders." But uh, <laughs> no, we hope it. We hope it does flood him with orders. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I just, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to overwhelm the poor guy because so, I'd love to try him. To be honest, yeah, I, I like that. I, I want to just add something about the Ryan's uh, North Branch tackles those little sled heads. Um, one thing it does is it allows for another presentation for Nico because Nico is a floating material and those sleds will actually hold the bait down horizontal on the bottom. And, and so that adds another dimension to the, your presentation. Right. Um, yeah, and, for sure. And the, and the tail goes right past the hook. So the tail is free to kind of yeah. wiggle and float and everything. It's yeah. like almost the perfect, uh, perfect jig for it. So. And, and, and I, I would also second your opinion of that there. That's a very nice setup and I use them myself. Okay, cool. Well, that's how you know everybody. The Nico man himself uses them for the Nico plastics. I know I was, uh, I posted about, you know, the news and the Nico. That's when Sean commented on it. I was like, yeah, I just, uh, the crawls, which I want to kind of get into next because that's, that's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just, I'm super pumped because I have those two and it's amazing. But we'll get into that. But I was trying to thread or thread that onto a jig and I was like, man, it's, a, I forgot my lighter because, you know, an easy way to get super plastic onto a, a threaded, uh, twist lock is you heat up the twist lock yeah. and then it kind of melts in the elastic two great things about that one that bait will never come off again like you're losing the jig before it'll come off <laughs> the right. bad thing with it is i always forget my lighter so i can't ever do it <laughs> so as someone who i mean i smoked for you a couple mean to tell years me you can't Corps. find your lighters on the bank of the great miami river <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're so not going to go into that. Don't touch it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some things that because there's stuff right next to the lighter <laughs> that you could get some contamination yeah. in the vicinity of. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, it's dangerous here on the banks. Don't bank fish certain parts of the GMR, or you're going to go to the hospital for an infection. Anyway, uh, weird. But he posted that, and I was, and I, I think my comment back to him was like, "All caps, that's genius." Because it, it takes the the work of having to light up the thing and then zipping it on. It just threads right in, locks in place. And like Scott said, it's a whole different type of presentation now because it puts it par or horizontal or parallel with the bottom. So it's kind of sitting up off the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to buy a ton of those for reasons. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, do we have anything we want to add about the leech? I love the leech. I think it's freaking amazing. I mean, I think the colors are amazing too. Like he said, you know, there's there's a couple of limited edition, but I mean, I like I've I, you know, on look the at that. Just look at the stretch. Yeah, it's <laughs> nothing. That's on the like Susquehanna, the the chartreuse. Uh, I, I use when it's um, when I can sight fish because um, all I got to do is kind of watch for it to disappear, and then I know if it's in a fish's mouth. And, just, right. and yeah, um, well, 
That's what the only thing I caught on the Susquehanna on the BOS on the Susquehanna is the only bait. It, like other than that, I would have skunked. So well, the <laughs> the uh, the chartreuse is the most limited of the limited edition. So um, um, it could easily be sold out in the next few days. Um, okay. Well, very, while we're very, doing this, can very few of the chartreuse left right now. Keep talking because I'm gonna have to order some now. <laughs> Um, this is my second bag. This is the bag that isn't on my kayak. So, <laughs> so you know, next year we'll we'll have some more colors come out next year. Um, you know, some of the some of the limited editions might come back. Some of them won't. Um, and uh, you know, Nico's a small company. We're not going to be doing new molds every year. You know, for lots of we're not going to be introducing a lot of baits. It's it's a lot of it rests on me, and I I can't do too much. And um, so. We're going to take it, you know, step by step. But one thing we can do is introduce a lot of cool colors. And um, so we're going to be doing more of that next year as, as awesome. the year goes on. Um, so that's awesome. A And yes, Sean, the colors are fantastic. Like none of the, all the colors are just like that, that chartreuse pepper, which that's what I, I know. It's probably just chartreuse, but it looks like a chartreuse pepper. No, it does um, have, it has some speckle to it. Yeah, the chartreuse pepper, the magma. I love the look of that. I'm, I like. I just don't even. I just want to stare at it. I don't even want to. This is it. what I used at Dale Hollow when you guys had the paddle and fin at Dale Hollow, and this is what I caught. I think seven of my keepers out of the ten I caught in those two days on this leech, this this uh, magma leech. Man, it was because it, it resembles just like a night crawler, and then you got that little orange tip there just to finesse that bite. Oh my goodness. They absolutely destroyed it at Del Hollow, and it was amazing. Yeah. So you're giving all your sauce away, Brian. People are going to come. <laughs> I down mean, next I made year. a video about it, so it's like it's already <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah, I know people were asking us because uh, me, Brad, and Justin were able to get on some fish. Um, we weren't in the tournament or anything, but we were getting on them. And people were asking, like, "Oh, what were you using?" It's like, "Yeah, just the jig, man, and Ned rig, just local colors." Nah. Like I didn't tell anybody I was catching fish on a jackhammer. And then like the day after the tournament, Brian posts a video. This is what I used the whole time. And I was like, dude, like you're, I know you're, you might be a little new to tournament fishing. You can't do that, but he still does it. And he still does fine. So whatever, keep doing you, man. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so let's run. I'm, I'm love because we're at an hour and we still have so much to talk about. And I love it because most of our shows are starting to wind down and this is great. Yeah, we're getting right into it. That's what I want to get into. So the Nico crawl, I know it's new, correct? Yeah, so yeah it's pretty new. I mean, we, we came out with a, a whole batch of new products and um, this was the first of the new products. And so here it is right here. Um, let's turn it this way. So it's a, you know, it's a 3.2 inch uh, bait. It's, um, there's a lot of unique things about this bait is um, number one, the claws are really spread far apart. Um, if you, if you look at other crawls on the market, the, craw, the crawls are all very similar, straight, like a swimming crawl. And this one's a defensive crawl. And because of Nico's material, we can do these things. So those those claws will not interfere with your hookout. They collapse. That's another good thing about Nico products. They they collapse very nicely in the fish's mouth. Um, and when you use, like for example, when you use them top water, you'll get a lot more hookups. Uh, on uh, you're not going to miss very many fish, you know, top water because they just collapse so nicely in the mouth. So the claws will collapse nicely. That's a very um, you know very defensive pose. 
Um, just little details like all the little claws on the legs, the even the antenna are at the proper length and the proper angle. Or you know, a, of course, crayfish can change their angles, but um, again, uh, it's attention to detail and doing the right thing. Um, a lot of baits are just very straight, short antenna, and that's not that's not natural. And so it's just another little detail to to make it. Um, to make the fish realize that they're 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 actually dealing with a, a bait instead of something artificial, the belly has a lot of detail on the belly. Um, you see uh, the slot in the uh, in the in the back of it as well. So the the they they can they're designed for uh, anywhere from a two aught up to a four aught hook. Um, and one interesting thing is maybe Brian, you can hold that sideways. You can see the body angles. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, so the body angle. So the body angle is designed to mimic a craw where it's right on the verge of running away. It's got those extended claws. It's got a body posture that, that just says, uh, I'm in danger. I'm scared. I'm vulnerable. And, you know, the, the thought process is that will hopefully in, inspire the fish to, uh, Go ahead and, and chomp on it a little more readily. So yeah, no, I hundred percent like that's the one. The first thing I said when I saw it, and this was at Vance Outdoors. I was there was a buddy I was dove hunting that morning when I was like, hey, let's go to Vance. And I wasn't I was going for there for Nico stuff. I was going there for bow stuff. And I saw Nico and I was like, oh, I went over there and I saw the crawls. And I am a big believer in smallmouth hate crawls when they're in a defensive position, even if they don't want to eat, they're gonna kill the thing anyway because they just don't like it when they're trying to bow up to them. And it, it's the perfect uh, like body position for that. Cause it's kind of, it's like it shaped where the tail's kind of tucked in. Like you said, it's, it's wanting, it's ready to run away, but it, when it hits the ground, it's claws are up. And like you said, they're wide. Like most of your crawls, when I try to text rig them or throw them, um, just like even straight on the gigs, up. It's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a swimming crawl. 99% of them are swimming crawls yeah. where they're, they're, they might float and they might be there and especially jig trailers, you know, they'll move, but they're right there. So with these coming out and angled up, it, it's like, I'm here, leave me alone. And smallmouth see that and say, I don't care. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And you see awesome. those, yeah. You see those crawfish on the river when they put their claws up, they're not just like this. They're like, come get me. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, trying to be a lot bigger than they bigger are. Than they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big defense but, mechanism. And I think that's what, smallmouth see that they're trying to be big and i personally think smallmouth are just bullies and they're just like <laughs> you're not big it's like that kid who finally stands up to the bully except it's a, it's not like the movies and the bully it just beats the well. crap out of the kid <laughs> yeah that's just what it is and it's like yeah i'm big and smallmouth's like i'm gonna kill you because i can i'm not hungry i'm not even gonna eat you i'm just gonna kill you yeah. uh, so well, i mean one, one thing about the you know the baits with the nico material again you can take these these crawls and the um <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you can stretch these out, and so at the time when we when we made these, um, we we got a bunch of crawls on the market, and um, we actually did like little strength tests, and um, so they're 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 at least two times, and most of the time three times or more stronger than any other claw on the market. Um, and there's one other interesting thing about the claws, is that each one each cavity in our mold is unique. So the little, uh, each, each crawl has a unique, um, the dimples on them. That's awesome. Um, so oh, that's sick. 
Yeah, so, Brian's learned this for the first time, and he's looking. He's like, "What?" Yeah, you can so, see the nipples. You can yeah. see the little uh, little bumps on there. Yeah. yeah. So they're unique to each one. And so, you know, I, I I'm a very firm believer that fish are extremely aware of their environment, and they're extremely able you know, they're able to read minute detail, and that's my philosophy and thought on it. And um, so, you know, if you lose your craw or either you miss it, you know, if you wanted to, you could just pull another craw from your pack and throw it out there. And it's going to be slightly different than the one you threw before. Um, and, so you know, cool. to the degree that that helps, you know, at, at some point you got to ask some people, what's the value of, of one catch? Um, and, and it could be a lot. And so anyway, we take these little extra steps to make a product where that people will be happy and take that extra step and uh, try to make it so that the fish find it difficult to learn that these are not natural things yeah. to eat. <laughs> yeah, that is that is one thing. I know Brian uh, messaged me, I don't know, you messaged me a couple days ago. You're like, have you tried the crawls yet? And you sent a picture of one rigged up. Yeah, man, and it catches <laughs> tanks. I called and... that Sunday, this past Sunday on the Scioto. 19-incher. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And, uh, uh, I was like, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm the Brian's learned this. I'm like the worst texter ever. I always forget to send messages back and crap. And, uh, but I got the packet cause I had some of the crawls too. And I was looking at them and I was like, man, the attention to detail is just so finite. Like it's every little detail. Like I, you know, I noticed how the, like I said, the tail tucks in the back and it doesn't just tuck in the back. The whole back is arched a little bit and it's different. Um, like the attention to detail is just insane. And, you know, you really get down to the nitty gritty of the bait. And like I told you, Scott, we had a conversation before the show, um, about a week ago before the bait ever hits the water. If people are confident in how the bait looks and confident in the bait, they will be more confident when they throw it. And that's one of the biggest hurdles people get when they want to try something new is they have no confidence in throwing it. Like if I just gave a frog to somebody and said, Hey, and I've been playing with, for everyone watching, I've been playing with a frog the whole time. <laughs> uh, I have so many in front of me because we did a top water show. But if I gave someone a frog and they've never thrown it before, and I give them just a plain Jane, like I gave them an old beat up Z man frog, for example, that I've lost both eyes on and half the skirt's gone. And it doesn't do the hooks, not even right there anymore. And I give them this and they're like, Oh yeah, this bait is, well loved you know and they're they're not gonna have confidence throwing it but if you give them something brand spanking new out the package and it looks good it looks correct like it's supposed to be a lot of people get that confidence and then feel confident in throwing it which will lead them to fish it better and they're not trying to rush through fishing it like oh, i have no confidence with this and they rethink it like i was like that with jigs i didn't have a whole lot of confidence with jigs i throw it out there and then bounce it 47 times back to me and then i throw it out there and let it sit and then i was just all over the place until I got the jig master jigs and I was like, dude, I love these jigs. And I felt confident throwing them because I liked how they looked. I liked how they rigged. And when I started throwing them, I started catching fish because I was just working a jig like I was supposed to naturally because yeah. I felt confident in the bait. So the confidence I think right out of the package is important. It's yep. super important. That's one of the biggest things with baits. And I think a lot of companies, especially your huge companies, don't take that into consideration anymore. They're just pumping out new shapes that make no sense. Oh. And you know, it's somebody's like gets it because it's the latest, greatest thing. 
but then it's it makes yeah. no sense. So. Having designed these baits and going through the process internally to get them into turn them into a product for the market, I can tell you there's a lot of competing pressures and lots of different directions. And I, I can, when I look at other larger companies' baits, um, you know, it would be unfair to criticize the designers because they probably came up with something that was quite nice. Um, but by the time it goes through accounting and <laughs> all the numbers are crunched and, hey, you know, just like, for example, with our crawl, just doing the antenna like this instead of straight, that costs money. Um, yeah. Hey, if you make the antenna straight, and, and it's going to save us this much money. If we make them shorter, it's going to save us this much money. Um, so when you go through all those details with the mold, uh, when the people who work on, on the molds and the production guys, um you know, there's, there are even, even with Nico, I mean, we do make compromises on some areas um, to, uh, to accommodate that. Cause you know, um, some of the baits we came up with, uh, if we didn't compromise, you'd be paying $40 a pack. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's not going to happen. Well, thank so, you. <laughs> so we had to make some changes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So anyway, yeah. The, um, so it, to be, but to do the, the attention to detail, you know, we hope to give people confidence. We hope to have them feel good when they use our product. And then I, I firmly believe that leads to more fish at the end of the line. And, um, you know, if that makes them happy and they're a happy customer, they're fishing a product that brings happiness and doesn't hurt the environment, you know? So, um, yeah, no, and I'm, I'm big that the, the company has a big standing. And, you know, you talked about it a little bit earlier and I didn't really hit on it. Um, but has a big standing on caring about the environment um, because that's one thing. And Brian, as you know, working in conservation and things like that and Scott doing it when you're younger and then doing it now. And then Sean looking at big river systems and, you know, me looking at smaller river systems. If you don't take care of the river, you can watch the river turn on you in a year. Like it could, the uh -huh. whole ecosystem can change immediately. I mean, we're seeing it with, Asian carp, things like that. The populations around the country are getting in. Whole ecosystems are just dying. So, conservation is a big part of it, and I'm I'm really happy that Nico, you know, takes the time to think about that. You know, it's it's cool to see, especially from you know a company like you said, you're a small company, but I mean, I I personally think just from once I started researching it, I mean, you have a good presence, so people you know know who you are. It's not like it's you know, a small company running out of a house, like people know who Nico is and you have that footprint. So I'm, I'm about that. Yeah. Um, what do we want to talk with? So now we're getting to the limits of my expertise in Nico because I've only used a few things. There is one bait. I really, really, there's two baits. I really want to talk about one is the new winnows, but we'll get to that. I really want to talk about the octopus. Oh, really? Okay. Because on your Instagram, I know, see, it's a, it's a, it's a, a trick question because octopus and smallmouth make no sense. But on your Instagram, it shows a picture of an, a giant octopus sticking out of a fish's mouth. So yeah. a small mouth of all. Yeah, fish. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and, uh, you know, the, the octopus is, um, I mentioned earlier in the program, when I first started with Nico, I had a tadpole, a shrimp and an octopus for smallmouth, And, um, they all performed very well. And at the time, there you go. That's the three and a half inch. That's the, that's the size I use most, the most. Um, and that color is that black Aurora. So that's a really nice color. Um, so the octopus, I mean, you could look at it as a tube, 
Um, but you know, the proportions are different. The body's small, the tentacles long, kind of reverse proportions. Um, well, I think if you fish it exactly like a tube, I think you'll probably have some trouble. I think you kind of got to play with it um, to find where, what's good for you. Um, I know, uh, I know some guys in the, like in the Great Lakes and who fish lakes a lot, like to drop shot these. Um, and I personally keep it on that same rig that I do my Helgramite with. I, you know, it's just a Texas, like a one sixteenth pound bullet weight. Um, same as Sean was describing early when he was talking about the way he started. Um, I, what I'll do is I'll just shove that one sixteenth ounce bullet weight right in the head. The head's hollow. And uh, the line, I mean, it's got a hollow section through there. So you can uh, put the hook through, thread it up the line, jam the uh, bullet weight in there, and just have a freely dangling hook behind it. I don't have to change it out. And I just kind of swim it. And the, uh, it's got, you know, with those legs there, you can imagine it's got plenty of movement. And uh, the generally speaking, the fish are not shy about hitting it. And um, I, I, do know awesome. the, I do know that the octopus has put um, – some money in people's bank accounts up on Lake Ontario and maybe some other of the other great lakes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. A lot of those things are kind of secret when, when money's involved, but um, yeah, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the octopus Nico has a one and a half, like for, you know, for panfish um, or trout, a two and a half, three and a half, four and a half and a six. And, uh, I've caught fish on all of them. And if you check out my Instagram, which you, or uh, I was Instagram or Facebook, I think. Um, I was, I was actually using this one right here. This is the, this is the exact octopus that I was, uh, that I posted those pictures of. Um, I don't normally use red for, for, for smallmouth, <laughs> um, but there's something about when I'm on a river, I just, um, you just get a feeling. And, um, and usually when I just get a feeling and I act on it, it usually turns out pretty well. And that day I thought, you know what, you know, I just got a feeling this is going to get hit. And, um, so this one here is, I only got that day that I went fishing only about an hour and a half, but I got, I got, uh, I think it was like five smallies on this one. And, uh, so dude, uh, so like Brian, said, you have I to make a video. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> well, um, I, I also will say that um, I, I don't have any sort of data or anything. I'm just going by my gut feel on it. Um, the octopus catches fish all year round, but it, it just seems to me that when September rolls around, I want to put the octopus on. It just it, it just speaks to me, and it gets fish on. And um, largemouth, smallmouth, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, they, they get on it. And the trick is um, – there's a little trick to fishing them is um, if you know you're going to fish the octopus, put your bullet weight on upside down um, because that wider, that front end is wider, so it won't pull through the head of the octopus as easily. Uh, so you'll oh, spend less yes. time uh, fixing it. It's no big deal to fix. Um, the baits are really stretchy. You can still jam them in there and uh, fix it. But, um, you know, I value my time on the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every catch is a blessing, and I like to be blessed by catching fish. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm, I can. I'll be with that too. And see now, so, so Brian, you have to make a video, 
And that's going to be my new challenge is I'm going to buy some octopus. And I'm going to catch some smallies. Out of the so bar. I'm going to tell you some juice that I don't normally tell people, um, which is weird, you know, because I post everything on YouTube. I actually take the skirts off my chatter baits and put the, the three and a half inch squid over the keeper. So instead of like your typical skirt, it's an octopus skirt. And yep. since you throw chatter baits a lot, Matt, I don't know if you throw them a lot, Sean. Um, um, I tend I, not as much, but uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I I have some. So yeah, I'll take the skirt off the chatterbait and slide the octopus over it, and I'll, I'll make a video for you because it's pretty interesting. I've I've caught a few fish, not a lot, but it it works, and it's just an interesting swimming action watching squid arms instead of a skirt <laughs> swim through the water. It's really awesome. Um, there there's one little extra thing is the the octopus will have more mass than a typical skirt material. Yeah. And the chatterbaits are very unnatural. They're very unnatural sounds. They're very harsh. Um, they're very loud. And, you know, the, the small, the, the bass are predators. They're always learning. And um, that, that is the profile of a smart fish will learn um, not to hit something that's loud, sharp, obnoxious in the water. And um, so the, what, when you have more, like the octopus skirt will have more mass, what that does is help, it helps moderate and softens some of those vibrations. And um, yep. at the end of the day, none of us really know why a fish bites, you know. Yeah. You know? Um, but we, 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 we apply as much knowledge as we can and experience. And um, I, I have another bait here, these little uh, Ikanago minnows that um, a lot of my pro staff swear that um, – Putting these on a chatterbait will increase production, and I, you know, this is what I do for a living, and I'm I'm convinced. Again, I don't have any scientific data, but I'm I'm pretty convinced that moderating that chatterbait by those vibrations and that sound, I think, is a plus. Um, they're still plenty noisy. The fish can still find it easily. You don't have to be that harsh, and I think softening it. Um, with a material that acts very naturally, I think it also produces a more natural um, uh, vibe frequencies uh, as as it goes through the water, and I think I think that will make the difference uh, on the edge. You know, on the edges, yeah. I think you'll get more fish. It's just so cool because you can just experiment with so many different things with the, the octopus, and you just you you can let your imagination go wild on the river. You can throw it in just so many ways. Yeah, so um, just one interesting thing with the octopus. I mean, you can get an octopus and you can, uh, you know, put a worm inside it and have it like this. Um, hmm. The octopus are built like the four and a half, the three and a half. You can actually put a three and a half, you know, inside the uh, the four and a half and you can mix your colors up and add bulk. Um, wow. so there's a lot of things you can do with the octopus. Um, but I'm it's so like, excited it, it, it's a cool bait. Um, I, I do want to say that it's it's an, it's a different bait, and I so whoever tries it and buys it, play around with it because once you know you're going to feel what you're going to get a feel for what's natural and works, and when you do, it's a fantastic bait. And um, and and again, I think for some reason, I think the fall is like I said, it's always a good bait, but I think it becomes an excellent bait from probably now until like mid October. Um, it just just something about this period of time that just seems to be a little different um, with that octopus. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there goes more of my money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, okay, so 
I want to talk about. I kind of want to talk about the minnow now because you just brought it up. This, uh, this... Because we have a we have a lot of guys who love chatterbaits. I know me and Brad. When the river gets muddy, uh, he's gonna hate that I'm telling people, but I don't really care because he's not here. Um, we we'll throw jackhammers when the river's muddy in certain sections and get hammered on it. And that's when we'll, that's like all we'll catch our fish on is like jackhammers and chatterbaits. So you mentioned um, the minnow. Uh, yes. That so, a lot of your pro staff season. Yeah. So this, I mean, it's just a simple, well, that's the wrong one. Let me get this one easier to see. Um, you know, it's just a simple minnow. Oh, there we go. Um, and that Aurora color is really, that's the number one seller. That's a special bait there. Um, that's my favorite. Um, so it's, a, you know, a 4.6 inch, um, it's got those eyeballs in there, which is another cool thing about Nico. Some of the baits have those eyeballs like that. It's got the vertical tail. So if you fish it straight, you know, you're not going to get a ton of action on it, but you can also turn it 90 degrees and fish that tail flat. Fish don't seem to mind whether the, whether the eyes are properly placed or not. Yeah. Um, you know, people use them as trailers, uh, you know, the chatterbait trailers, um, you know, Texas rig them, put them on jig heads, um, fish them top. They're great top water. Um, you know, you don't have to be super noisy um, for top water. Uh, I think a lot of people always think you got to make giant noise. Um, and for when I, when I'm fishing ponds or, you know, around where I live, um, I usually go to the ponds that are like covered in algae and nobody fishes because my baits float. And all I have yeah. to do is hit a few pockets and just plop, plop, plop. That doesn't need to be much. And something about this, you know, like worms. Worms are so popular. It's got that long, slender profile. It's, you know, easy for a fish to ingest. And uh, this is a long, slender profile. And top water, they just jump on it. Um, you know, some people chop them in half and use, use them as nids. Um, so this this bait will, again, this like a lot of Nico stuff, this bait lasts forever. Um, I don't think anybody's ever worn one out. Um, and uh, the other cool thing is that it's got a hole in the head. And so... You can, they're great for Nico rigging. And when I fish on the Shenandoah River in Virginia, I'll just shove a little nail weight in there. You can, you can see it in there maybe. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, there's a, there seems to be like a, about a three week period starting about now every year where the fish just go crazy over a Nico rigged minnow. I just plop it down on the bottom you know, just like Brian was saying, you know, let the bait do itself, do the work. And that tail just flutters and moves very easily and just set it there. And um, they just they just love it. They just pick it up. It's a very easy bait to fish, very versatile. Um, but it's also a bait you need to know what you want to do with it. You know, the Helgramite you can just throw out there. A beginner can throw the Helgramite and they'll put fish on. Probably the same with the leech, more or less. Um, I think this one you kind of got to know what you're doing and um with it maybe target a little better but it, it's a really effective bait um it's used for salt water and fresh water you know so yeah that's it that was one of nico's earlier baits um yeah i really like the the profile now with that are you able kind of like with you know i know it's not segmented but like 4.6 some people might think that's too big of a profile are you able to cut that down yeah just chop the head off yeah. yeah, yeah, and just cut it down. I'll actually cut like two thirds of it. Can you hold that bait up, Scott? I don't have any Ganaga minnow on me. Sure. I'll cut like two thirds of it to where like two and a half inches and the tail is left. 
and then I'll put a, a net head on it. So oh, it's wow. just like a little minnow, like a Demiki rig, pretty much. Yeah. So it's great that way as well. That's yes. why I said you can chop it and use it on, you know, some Brian's yeah. one of them <laughs> that chops it yeah. and uses it that way. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I I'm a, I didn't even see those. So I'm happy you brought it up because you know it kind of leads into the the next thing. And this will probably be one of the one of the last few things we'll talk about because we're going on to an hour and a half. Um, and Brian's gonna yell at me because it's a long show, but um, <laughs> um I don't I don't care. Uh, I want to talk about the other new bait, and this is how we can wind it down to the winnow. Yes, which I think, and I, I'm about to show it in the lunar color. I've fallen in love with this color already because it looks amazing in this bait. Uh, that core shot looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about the winnow. That, unfortunately, the pictures just don't, they don't do it justice. You have to see this color in person. When I first met Scott in person at ICAST, I, I went to ICAST and met him in face to face. And he pulls out the lunar color and I was like, Hold on, what is that color? He's like, this is lunar. I was like, no, no, no. That's that looks way different. You cannot capture the essence of this color unless you see it in person. Yeah. It's it's an incredible color, and I absolutely hammer fish on the GMR with the lunar. Yeah, this is a color I really wanted had in mind for a really, really long time. And then during development, uh, uh, some people who gave me some advice also had this color in mind themselves. So it was a kind of a coalescence of minds about let's let's do this type of color um so the color it's actually the core is actually um that black it's actually a black core and that core is all squid extract that's how, hmm. it's, that's how it's colored and wow. um, really so the the blue that's that cool. you see is actually on the outside of that it's a, there's a clear layer with the blue flake on the outside that's a it's a adds a kind of a um a color with depth so um you know, if you if you look at animals in nature, there's all kinds of strategies that they employ for coloration. And um, if you can add depth to it, um, sometimes it confuses predators if, if they perceive things, if they're confused on the depth and the distance. And so um, so that's that's one another thing that kind of uh, represents or mimics nature to some degree. Um, this this bait has really, really got a lot going on. Um, this is probably the, this is the most innovative ribbed swim bait out there. It's really this is this is the bait from which all other innovations and other companies will be based upon. I think. Um, so first, we'll just start with the most obvious is the ribs. Um, you see them zigzag all the way around the body, um, but if you notice, they transition to to straight towards the end. So they, the angles get slightly, slightly, slightly less and less as it goes down. Oh, yeah, like right here. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you swim, if you fish a lot of the rib swim baits, you'll hear people say, this brand is good, this one's no good. Um, I don't want to mention names, but um, when you look at them, I mean, a straight ribs down. One, number one, they're, they're easy to make. Okay, so um, first, that's cheap. They're cheap to make straight ribs. Um, but when this, when the straight rib baits are um, being swum through the water, they're emitting the same frequency of vibrations only. It's a monotone presentation. Um, if the fish are on that frequency, if that triggers them that day, then great. Um, but there's a lot of days it won't. 
And so you're fishing with an inferior product if it's just got straight ribs. So by zigzagging these ribs and transitioning them, you provide a, a full spectrum of frequencies. And, you know, the, these, you're going you're gonna to cover, most likely you're going to, or you're more likely to cover a frequency that a fish is going to be tuned in on. Um, because whatever bait they do, you know, all these things moving in the water emit vibrations of some frequency. And, you know, you and I, we don't always know what that is. And even if we did, how would we mimic it? Yeah. Um, so, so this bait covers those frequencies. And, you know, during testing, um, we put this bait up against a, a lot of the straight ribs, monotone, some very famous brands. And, you know, the reports we got back were um, tough day of fishing, couldn't get anything on my main rib swim bait, but I got hits. I got... I, maybe I caught a fish on the rib, you know, on the Nico Winnow. Um, it would, it would, you know, when paired against a bait of very, very similar design, um, it excelled quite well, and it seemed to prove our design, and it seemed to prove what we set out to do. Um, so that's the that's one thing. Um, um, also, just you know, because of our material, the the body inside is actually slightly um, thinner than the other bodies out there. Um, the ribs are very thin and soft. Um, they, in addition to emitting the frequencies, they'll also move in the water, and so you have a it creates a a, a live image, you know, like a, a live bait because it's it's not just being drugged through the water you know, creating vibrations through pure displacement, the, the ribs are also moving. And that creates another aspect, another depth to the to the to the to the fish attracting, you know, part of the design. Um, the um, the one thing it's going to be hard to see here um, and put me up on the big screen. It's. Uh, OK. So you can see the design is a bit triangular. Yeah, um, yeah you can see that. Yeah. 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 yeah so that, um, we, we designed this bait to be a, a slow retrieve and a fast retrieve bait. Um, it seems like the evolution of fishing with swim, rib swim bait seems to have gone towards, um, from what I understand, uh, has gone from you know, extending the season a little longer into the colder water when things are slowing down. Um, and so this bait was designed to be able to extend your season, either either on the front side or the back side, by being able to fish this bait in, in colder water. And one thing we didn't mention early in the program is Nico's plastic remains softer at colder temperatures than other plastics. Um, so we can also do that. Um, so um, it's a slow retreat, but, you know, but it Designing a slow retrieve bait, you know, swim bait is pretty easy, but how do you stabilize it when you want to rip it real fast? And um, so that triangular design um, helps stabilize that bait. So you can go, you this bait can be stabilized at, at high speeds or slow speeds. And the other thing was the, um, the belly profile. Um, the, it, it's kind of hard to tell, but if you actually see the product in, in real life, maybe look at the pictures. Um, the belly is swollen. It's got a swollen belly. 
And again, this is another thing to uh, mimic nature because when when a when a fish are targeting, you know, like smallmouth, they they will, or all fish, all predator fish will target their fit their their prey by um, one accessibility, obviously, um, and the other one is a nutrient value, and a, a swollen belly also represents a, um, a a higher nutritional value. Fish pick up on that; they know it, they, they read it in their DNA, um, and so when they when you're fishing this bait. There's a, like I said, there's a lot going on in there. Um, it, it's, uh, it just appeals to fish on so many levels. It's, um, it's got just little details put in there. Some of them are minor, you know, we've got hash marks on the tail. It's a big tail that the tail really moves very easily. You can barely move this bait. Some people Nico rig this bait, by the way, hmm. um, because really, the tail moves, moves. Um, one of our pro staff actually, when the, you know, the, eventually the tail will come off. Um, you know, uh, they have gone up to about 150 catches and still performing well. Um, but eventually <laughs> it will come off. And uh, I know if it goes against a three-foot barracuda, it comes off pretty easily. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, fish fish with teeth don't count. So. <laughs> but but as far as, you know, you know, freshwater fish, it'll last a long time. But when it, eventually it does wear out. Um, you know, I also use them on Ned Rigs as well. Um, but... The, um, the hash marks, there's a bunch of little designs on the tail. So if you want to tighten it up, I mean, it's a big, it's got a, it's got a heavy thump to it. Um, if you want to tighten that up, you can chop off, chop off part of the paddle. And uh, there's marks on there for you to, to help guide you. So you remember next time and when you get it the way you want. Um, you know, there's a little slot in the back for exposing your hook. There's, uh, there's markers. There's, uh, so you, again, you want to swim this straight right so there's actually a markers in there so you can line your bait up properly on the hook so that you can get it straight there's even a marker for a nail weight if you wanted um in there and the head is designed so that if you chop it off it fits most jig heads um uh that are on the market um but a, a lot of and there's other little details in there they probably shouldn't talk about but um <laughs> but there's a lot going on in this bait and that it really is as a lot of thought went into this and this bait is um just by the way going zigzags all the way around the bait nico's the first company in the world to do it because you cannot make this bait with traditional molds it took us over okay. a year um, nico had to visit lots of different high-tech industries in japan look at different machinery different um concepts of approaching this problem to make this bait um it's a now it does cost right now it's at $14.99 for five of them. Um, a lot of people shy away from that because uh, they don't understand the value there. Um, but again, uh, when you, you know, some of the baits can go 150 fish. Um, we think it catches more fish and testing it when testing that we did, it, it certainly seemed to catch more fish. Um, and uh, you know, if you look at the money people pay on a fishing trip, just, just in your gas or, or just going to the store or replacing another pack, then uh, it, it's one of the best values out there. And um, so there, anyway, that's that's sort of the winnow. Yeah. Yeah. So you have something, Brian? Yeah, I was going to say um, one of the things to try to show people when I'm making videos is the value of a catch. Like when you break it down, if, if your Helgramite's catching 40 smallmouth and that Helgramite was $2, you can kind of break down cents to catch. 
if that makes any sense. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so when <laughs> someone sees an expensive product like the winnow and you can go out there and catch these so many fish on it, you can break it down and how and break those catches down into a dollar value. And then you can kind of be like, okay, well, this Nico pack, this five pack of winnows will last 20 Kitek packs. And we know how, you know, just different companies, but just the durability and trying to get people to understand that um, you can get a lot of value out of these baits, out of this plastic. Yeah, I haven't done any calculations lately, but in the early days when we were getting started, um, we did some analysis and um, the cost of fishing Nico, we, we calculated to be one twentieth the cost of fishing traditional plastics. Hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, so yeah. that's that's what we came up. And as far as durability, as far as like Helgramites, um, I've gone around 250 catches before I lose them. Um, I think a lot of times I could probably go about 500 um, on, a, on a bait. Um, the only exception is when you get snagged and start yanking. I, I fish with, I usually fish just straight braid. Um, oh. and, uh, braid will do a <laughs> braid, you know, the, the baits are tough, but if, if you're, if you're, if you're really swinging your rod, trying to get a snag off with braid, um, <laughs> that braid can do damage to the baits, but, but otherwise, you know, they last a, a really, really long time. Yeah. I think yeah. that's one thing, uh, being in the, like the big swim bait game, for example, I'm used to spending an asinine amount of money for a bait. <laughs> uh, it's just how it is. I mean, I have, I have uh hard plastic or hard uh swim baits that i spent upwards of 200 on um but for your average angler it's what's always weird to me like we spend so much money on reels and rods for the uh, for the concept of well if i buy this really nice combo it's gonna last me forever as long as i take care of it, it's gonna last i never have to worry about replacing it which is the same concept that i think when it comes to baits and more expensive baits because i was the last thing i want to talk about tonight before we jumped off here was why is your bait worth the pricing and you explained it perfectly the durability factor of it the fact that you know brian you stated it we all know about kitex i'll just say it i don't really care i'll throw a kitex and get two fish on it maybe before the tail rips off or it gets rips or the hook rips through the head and it, you can't can't t-pose it any other way because yeah. it's all destroyed so and you're looking at a pack of those or seven or six ninety nine. So if you go through a pack of those a week, if you fish, like I fish, you know, multiple times a week, if I go through a pack of those a week in two weeks, I've bought two packs of Kitex. That's the same price of one pack of winnows. And if those winnows are lasting me, you know, let's just say conservatively 40 fish a, a winnow. I'm not using more than one pack of winnows every month. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's on a bad month, like good month. I mean, I, I'm still way, I still have plenty of durability. So the, the, the cost of it, I, I love how you explained it. And you did the testing at the early beginning of it where it's one twentieth, And because people don't think of the long run, they just the think of the term. short run. Yeah. Because they're so used to baits falling apart and lasting two or three fish. Where once they understand that these baits last, I mean, theoretically they last, if you don't get snagged, like with straight braid, Scott, and you're throwing, you know, like, you know, you're throwing it and you're not getting snagged and you're just catching fish. Theoretically, these baits will last you until you lose them. Yeah. Unless something, you know, like a pike comes up. Okay. Well, I don't care. You can, unless you're throwing steel, you're not going to win that battle. So who cares? Hey, um, I did win that battle on a Helgramite uh, two weeks ago on my video. <laughs> I saw the video. I got a pike to eat a Helgramite. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, I saw that video. That was a good video. Uh, and it was a good catch. And it explains it perfectly because did you keep finishing that Helgramite the rest of the day? Yeah. 
Yeah, the whole I can tell you there's, there's, there's plenty yeah. of baits, uh, including some that come in blue packaging that I've caught toothy fish on and they, they get rips in them and it's not their fault. They're, it's a pike. It's not supposed to, yeah. it's not meant for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. You explained it great. Um, there's, yeah, I mean, we covered quite a bit. I was going to say there's a little, there's some additional aspects to it is, um, um, a lot of times people don't calculate what's the cost of restocking every time. It's not just the cost of the baits. Um, um, driving to the store is could theoretically be lost fishing time. It's gasoline. It's wear and tear in your car. It's the risk of an accident. Um, and then what's the, what is the time loss in re-rigging it all the time or digging through your bags and putting more baits on? And what's the cost of space when you're out fishing? I think a lot of us would like more space you know, to have more, have more stuff, yes. right? Um, you know, you can, like Brian mentioned earlier in the program, you, know, you can just put on one bait. <laughs> he's good. To, yeah. As long as he doesn't lose it, he's good to go. And that's true. And, you know, I carry, because I, I do this, I, mean, I, I carry like a big bag. I've got everything under the sun you know, with me, but I, I rarely ever change out. Um, and, and you never really have to. And um, But it, it saves time, money, um, theoretically, you know, at some scale, it even saves lives because people are, you know, after so many miles driven going to the store all the time, you know, um, you know, you even consider that. And at the same time, you know, it also completely harmless to the environment. You're not harming anything. And then, um, you know, it's just a lot of merit to it. Besides that, they oh, catch no. fish and a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, guys, this has been a great show. Um I'm super pumped to start using Nico. I don't know if anybody noticed when I was sharing the screen, I added some of those core shots to my cart. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Scott, Brian, thank you for coming on tonight. Sean, thanks for co-hosting with me, man. Um, yeah, no problem, man. You got any closing thoughts, Sean? Any questions you wanted to ask that didn't get answered? Um, I wanted to give a quick shout out on the, on the, if you guys are panfish or trout, they're little stuff like the waxworm. I don't know if you've ever fished with waxworms, they're the most pain in the butt thing. Like even a little nibble and it's gone. This thing yeah. will last forever. It is like the, the best thing for trout I have ever used. And um, it just, um, it's like small or uh, it is panfish and trout crack. They literally <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, so for people who do fish the smaller fish or trout, we have stone flies, caddis flies, yeah. waxworms. We have these little guys, these little, um, they're kind of hard to see little strips maybe that way oh yeah that looks um and um, nico makes awesome baits and you know if, if you're interested in fishing the smallest soft bait in the world nico makes that too <laughs> 22 <laughs> inches long wow oh lord there you go you're talking about micro <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i actually uh, there was a um i used to have a like a, a store that specialized in micro fishing and um they would buy a bunch of, they went out of business. They shut down and during the pandemic, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, I got to see a lot of photos of, you know, fish like this big, you know, <laughs> caught on, <laughs> caught on Nico's little tiny little fly larva. It's 0.2 inches long. Um, oh, that's you know. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <Quite a> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott, do you have any closing words for everybody? Let everybody know where they can find Nico at. Um, sure. So, uh, Go one. You could just do a Google search, Nico Fishing or Nico Baits. That's it'll put you right. You know the the online store will get you there, or it'll get you to the online store pretty quick. Um, 
it's uh, Nico hyphen fishing dot my shopify.com and uh you know we have everything there and um you know i'll just do a quick little pan down here you know there's a lot of other baits we didn't talk about but there's a lot of cool stuff there and um i just want to tell people that um when you make a good bait sorry about the camera um you're good you know when you make a good bait and nico does make good baits don't be afraid to try something different because you know, we talked about the octopus tonight, but I catch, you know, I did great. I do great on the shrimp, you know, uh, look at the squid strips. They're easy to fish. You know, I even catch largemouth. Uh, Brian will laugh. He, he knows what's coming. <laughs> you know, I even catch largemouth on this. <laughs> and, uh, and exactly. And this, in fact, this, 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 this exact uh, crab has already been through several largemouth. Um, so, when you make a good bait, it opens your eyes. When you try new things, you learn your, 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 what you will perceive and feel and learn about the fish and fishing. You'll be a much better fisherman when you try new things. Um, being in this industry, I can tell you that a lot of what people are told to use or what, you're, what people are paid to tell you to use. Um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just don't be afraid. Try new things. And Nico has a lot of new things, and I think you'll be happy. And if you don't, contact me and tell me why and uh, <laughs> and so also for the for everybody I, I put a code up on the website for everybody um so it's um hang on i gotta make sure i got it right <laughs> <laughs> it's it's paddle and fin uh p-a-d-d-l-e-n-f-i-n and uh, you'll get 10 percent off the the uh your order awesome that is awesome we appreciate that for sure absolutely for all the out there and it'll help a lot of people <clears throat> get into the bait um <laughs> i know i'm the type of person with something new and i have a code i'm like yeah even if i don't like it i don't really care i'm not paying the full price for it <laughs> and then you know you end up loving it so um that's awesome so we appreciate it scott we appreciate you coming on uh and sharing nico baits with us uh brian let the people know where they can find you, social media, YouTube, things like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, the Creek Crawler on YouTube. If you search Creek Fishing in Ohio, um, you'll probably come across one of my videos. Uh, the same as Instagram, uh, the Creek Crawler. If you search it up on the Instagram, I'm pretty sure it's the only one. Um, but yeah, just the YouTube and Instagram is my socials. Good to go. Awesome. And then, uh, Sean, let the people know where they can find you. Oh uh, yeah, you guys. Uh, hopefully, most of the listeners know me, but um, um, every Monday uh, on uh, the Best Fishing for Noob Show, um, uh, Brian, I'll definitely have to have you on sometime. We'll talk some uh, creek fishing. Oh, absolutely, man. I'd love so, to. But uh, yeah, um, and uh, I'm still kind of building my social media pre presence. I'm kind of a slacker, uh, old school. <laughs> uh, but you can find me on all the uh, all the big uh, all on Facebook, Instagram. No, no TikTok yet, but uh, uh, we're getting it's okay. There, so. I don't either. I'm not. That yeah. I can't do Me that. Either. I just, I just, I just watch stupid videos on there and send them to Brad and my wife, and then my wife sends me a bunch of dog videos. So, but Matt, I appreciate you letting me coming on co-host with you. It's been fun. Oh no, man, I loved it, especially you, the amount of experience you have with the Nikos. This is this is one of the first shows that I've done that I don't know a lot about what I'm fishing with, uh, but the little experience I've got, I'm I'm super pumped. I love them a lot, and I'm excited to try the other stuff. I'm really excited to try the winnow. Um, now that you've explained it, cause I didn't know it's crazy. 
last little tidbit and then we'll close off. Sorry, Brian. Uh, it's crazy how a paddle tail that's been around and that, that style of bait's been around forever, but the amount of innovation you put in it to make it new, which is awesome. I love seeing that, especially from small businesses. But on that note, everyone, long episode, longer than normal. That's what Brad gets for not being here. But thanks for sticking around with us. Yep. Thanks for See having you guys. guys. Right, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. you. Have, everybody have a good night. Be safe on the water. Yep. Thanks for having us. Thank you. There we go. And on that note, see everybody later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.